captivating landscapes, flawless tobaccos, elegant presentation. Introducing Pure Origin. At JR Cigar, our innovative team is on a journey for unrivaled flavors and enriching experiences. Along that path, we discovered new, distinctive, and groundbreaking tobaccos from the furthest reaches of the earth and are bringing them right to your home. The intentions are pure, the process is pure, the origin is pure. JR Pure Origin. Smoke Night Live is brought to you in part by Espinosa Premium Cigars. Amp up your daily smoke with Espinosa Premium Cigars' signature Nicaraguan character. Whether you're a Maduro maniac, a Habano junkie, or simply looking to dial your flavor intensity to 11, smoke Espinosa every day. Welcome to Cigar Dojo, and I'm excited to be here. I'm your guest host, Randy Griggs, hosting for the first time ever my own kind of private episode of Smoke Night Live. It's Friday night. We've got guests. There's nobody here. Eric's in Florida. We're going to have a blast tonight. Super glad you guys decided to join us. Um, We are... Going to have uh, a, a great night. We've got Pete Johnson on as a guest tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun in uh, Eric's absence. We're going to do a lot of things that he normally wouldn't allow me to do since uh, <laughs> since he's not around. Uh, so I'm when pretty excited about me. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this might be where, where Flavor Odyssey ends. Is like the first time I ever uh, got to host Smoke Night Live. But uh, super excited to be here. Uh, please go ahead and uh, let's take care of some housekeeping right away. Let's uh, let's share the show, subscribe on YouTube, uh, do all the fun things you're supposed to do there. Um, uh, write a review, give us five stars, let everybody know how much you love Cigar Jojo and the community, and and. Let's get this going. Jordan, how are you doing tonight, man? I am doing excellent. Uh, I've just been, I feel like I've been doing actually some like real producer work today. Uh, yeah. A lot, you know, just programming stuff like crazy. It's going to blow you guys away. We also got Matt in the studio. Yeah, he's here. Boom. Matty Hall. <laughs> Matty Hall. Glad, glad you're here to join us. No, we're, we're excited. To Jordan's point. We had to do a lot of producing. He had to do a lot of like prep work um, because it's it's me in the chair. Um, you, you are not. Uh, on, it's not Wednesday night. You're not on the wrong show. I had to make uh, this, up for <laughs> the fact that we're lacking sensei with some extra exactly. animations, explosions. Exactly. exactly. And I, I'm kind of <laughs> jealous. I, I, I saw today. He's he's posting. He's he's in the Florida Keys with with Jack Hire. Jack Hire doing a Camacho doing a event. Camacho event. Yeah. Jealous. That's freaking amazing. Yeah, when he when he asked me to cover the show, I I didn't know that like there was an option that like I could either go to the Florida Keys with him or stay home and do the show. Like yeah, I don't know and, if and that I, was an option or not. <laughs> Just because he's there. I yeah, I view it I as an option. Invited. Well, actually, I'm going. I'm going to meet him next week. Sarah and I going out on Tuesday. My parents have been out there for a week. We're going to meet up with them. 
next week. And so and I'll won't... still be right here in this chair. That's <laughs> where he lives. Everything yeah. over there. <laughs> That's gonna be so sad on Wednesday. Just like sitting there, he's just like, this is so much better when there's actually a show on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, we do have a lot of programming uh, planned for the show tonight. So, uh, again, thank you for tuning in. I'm very excited to be here to guest host in uh, Master Sensei's absence. And I'm even more honored to not only be a first time ever hosting all by myself, but not only do I have that honor, I also have the honor of, uh, of hosting with one of my favorite guests of all time in the industry. So when I have great admiration for and i'm a huge fan for welcome to the show pete johnson of tatuah hey cigars pete thank you so much for taking some time and hanging out with us tonight what's up kid man uh congrats on the solo gig yeah yeah i'm <laughs> super nervous gig. you're doing it <laughs> yeah now we're rolling baby <laughs> yeah yeah we got through the toughest part honestly the opening was the scariest part and i i almost choked three times but now we're here now I think we can like get comfortable and start rolling. I got like 19 actually, drinks in front of me. <laughs> I'm actually reading the comments and people are asking, hopefully, that Robbie's coming on. Wow. <laughs> well, let's, like, let's, I let's hope just, Robbie comes on. Save us, Robbie. Let's, yeah, let's just address this early. There will be no Robbie Raz tonight. Uh, I This is it. You got me and Pete. Wish us luck. All right. Uh, well, fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll get right into it. Like I said, thanks for joining us on a Friday night. Pete, where, where are you at? You in Miami? You in Nicaragua? Where, where are you tonight? No, no, I'm in Miami at the, okay. my usual corner, my normal corner here in uh, hot, sticky Miami. The other day, it, it actually rained really hard, and I thought that like the weather broke and it was cooler. No. Welcome to Miami. I, I call it welcome to the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, now, now yeah. you're you're from out here on the west coast right you're originally from la no i'm from maine born and raised you're from maine oh okay your, your origin story in my mind always starts in la no what? i was i was in la for more than half my life obviously uh, doing music and and then eventually the cigar company so yeah i i just never left um so miami was a big culture shock for me but uh but I mean, listen, I, I, I'm okay with the hot weather. I, I like sitting in a sauna every once in a while, which is just going outdoors, which is nice. Uh, I'm sure uh, Jordan's dad is having a blast in the Keys because it's been pouring down here the last Oof. few days. But uh, ultimately, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's Florida. You know, you're supposed to get that rain. And uh, I'm happy to be here, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, we we just had a shift here. It had already cooled down in Northern California, and then yesterday we got into the 90s for only like the second time so far this year. It, it, I'm sure you know Northern California is known for pretty acclimate weather. We don't get a lot of hot. We don't get a lot of cold. We just yeah. kind of like stay pretty steady throughout the year. So it's it's wild when you go from 75 to 95 from one day to the next. For us, that's a that's a like culture shock. Well, the last time I was in Napa, which was pre-pandemic it was 105 every day Ooh. so nasty yeah now that doesn't happen out here all that much 
<laughs> uh, well, well, fantastic. Let's um, before we get going on, on the show, we do have we do have some fun plans. We're gonna we're gonna do our best to learn a little bit about you tonight, Pete. Uh, Jordan right. and I had, had some. You don't know anything about me already. <laughs> well, 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 Jordan and I have some concepts that uh, that we we want to do some run rundown on. Uh, want to we haven't catch, caught up with you since PCA. Uh, you know, you guys had a lot. You know, this is a, a big year for you guys. You have a lot, a lot of releases. We want to touch base on on, on a lot of those uh, projects that, that you announced at PCA. See how things are doing. See what new information is uh, is available for uh, for all the audience to learn about. And then uh, later on in the show, uh, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna touch on some. Uh, some some common trending themes going on in, in, in our culture right now, and, and get your take on them uh, if if if, uh, if you're oh, if you're up for it. <laughs> <laughs> you're a trendy well, guy. Well, let me guess. Yeah, you're a trendy guy. You yeah. got to be up on all the trends, right? Spoil one of them. I bet you one of them is about Taylor Swift. <laughs> no. And this, this football player doesn't he play for like Oklahoma or something? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Kelka. I think Kelki is my name. Kelki, Kelki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, well, very good. Let's let's do a little round robin and see what everybody's uh, smoking and drinking before we get going. Uh, Jordan, why don't you kick us off? What are you smoking tonight? Uh, so me and Matt are doing some uh, skinny face, uh, and I also have a little tatuaje black action in case nice. we go long. And I am drinking um, the Dojo Staple Old Forester Hundred, baby. Oh, beautiful. Can't go wrong. Nice. How about you, Matt? I am smoking the same thing and drinking some Elijah Craig 18. Ooh, snuck over into the good stuff. Had to get in there. (laughs) How about you, Pete? What do you you decide to light up tonight? Well, I'm smoking a monster, uh, the face, this year's release, and I'm drinking a... uh, Whiskey called Wolves with a V. My tongue gets in the way, so Wolves. It's not Wolf. Like, uh, like a, no, not Wolf. <laughs> lanolin? Is that like, like Lanolin? Like <laughs> Here, it's better for me to say it in Spanish. Lobos. Andale. <laughs> you guys can just do the rest of the show in Spanish if you want. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> how, how fluent are you, like, uh, Pete? Granny, I don't know. You probably speak... Pretty well Spanish. Pretty good Spanish. Yo, yo hablo español mucho en la casa. Mi, mi esposa y yo hablamos casi puro español en la casa en realidad. Y, y sí, yo tengo niño. Yeah, mi esposa también, pero yo tengo earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that we already breached that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're probably similar to me. I, I didn't speak a word of Spanish until I was 27. Uh, so I learned Spanish f- completely in my adulthood. Are you in the same boat there? Oh, yeah. I took yeah. four years of high school Spanish and flunked every year. So, yeah, um, yeah, Spanish is not my uh, thing. <laughs> it's not my thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that – I think you speak better Spanish than to, to be able to say it's not your thing. But, uh, but, but yeah, it, I, I think it is uh, different when you learn as an adult rather than in your childhood. It takes a little more work. Um, but oh, Randy, well, I, Randy I, tu esposa, where is she from? Uh, mi esposa is de Jalisco, Mexico. Uh, okay, Mexico. so you speak so, so, different Spanish. That's true. That, that's absolutely I true. I speak yeah. Cuban, you speak Mexican. Right, 
Right. That's, even that's, and that's even to say Mexican. Dope. No, no, no. Oh. Even to say Mexican, there's so many states and regions in Mexico. There's even oh. uh, different dialects within Mexico. So uh, to Same say that. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. Like, even, it's even, almost surprising like, because of the size, you know. Different things. I mean, obviously, Spanish is Spanish is Spanish, but like, there's there's always slang from different parts of the right. the the island. Same with with Mexico. Right. Same with Honduras, yeah, and, same with Nicaragua. Yeah, no, no, I think that's the right way to say because, you know, you want to say dialects, but but so much of it is slang. So much of it is like, like well, this is how they speak it on the streets because, like, I've worked with people that, like, learned it in, in college and speak it very, like, and, like, Mexicans will tell you, it's like, oh, they learned it in a, in a textbook. You, you know, you can tell the difference. And, like, people always trip on me because I speak, like, street street spanish like like how how they say it in the streets is i learned it from the people i didn't learn it in school yeah yeah I, I, and so like i don't know the formal way to say certain things but i say it how they say it and so people always trip because my accent is is authentic enough to not be bueno but it's not mexican either <laughs> and, and so, so like i always trip out mexicans are just like where could he be from that he knows the slang version? He's got an accent, but it's not quite right. But he doesn't sound like a widow exactly. <laughs> like, like, I trip people out. I, I get a lot of guesses Remember, from, from uh, uh, in, authentic. During the pandemic, we came up with a show where you just taught us all Spanish for a, a month. <laughs> I Are actually you serious? forgot That's about that. Yeah. <laughs> Cigar we, we Spaniola. Cigar Spaniola. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any of it. But no, it was we're all in quarantine. <laughs> What's that? How did I miss that? That would have been awesome. Oh, it, it was like maybe it was maybe like five or six episodes that I like started with how important uh, por favor and gracias was culturally to, to Latinos in general. Uh, and, and just like like we started with some real basics and I worked with it. We were all in quarantine. No one had anything to do. You know, everyone was going to social media for content. And, and like and I we had always teased that I was going to teach Eric how to be a little bit more functional when he goes on cigar trips. So it was like geared very much for, okay, you land in a Central American country, you're on a cigar trip. Like what is the basics you need to get from the airport to, to go get some food and to get checked into your hotel? It was like the, the basically the theme of the entire show. The first one, <laughs> Banyo. <laughs> you know, ironically, you don't, I, say, I, you don't have to say, donde esta? You say uh, baño, and they'll know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> baño and you know, cerveza. I, yeah, on, honestly, that's one of the, the coolest things about learning uh, uh, a Latin-based language is that you can speak very broken and get your point across. Uh, you know, I, I, I had originally learned French when I was living in France, and you have to articulate everything very, very specifically. Like, if you mis mispronounce even the slightest word they have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, like, like it just becomes, you might as well be speaking Chinese. It's like, really dude, that was a slight mispronunciation and you honestly couldn't figure it out within context. What I was asking is frustrating. <laughs> dude, I, I, I did that. I did that. I asked for, for, for more burr, burr. Wow. Uh huh. And the lady brought me a beer and I said, no, I didn't want to, you asked him for butter. I wanted butter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was, it's it, it's wild the difference the differences of like what they are willing to accept as like that was close enough, right? Yeah, dude, have you ever you ever heard Christian Eroa speak uh, uh, French? 
I have not. Dude, is, is, he, it, like, it is he a master? Oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely. It, it huh. literally tripped me out one day. I was, I was, we were in Germany a few years ago, obviously before the pandemic, and I heard him having a conversation with this, this French dude. I was like, where the, where the fuck did you learn that? He goes, dude, I learned a lot of languages when I was younger. I was like, dude, that's that's fucking awesome. I, Good I for you, never, yeah. I just never had the the patience for it. Yeah. That was my whole thing. High school, high school Spanish was horrible for me. I had a guy that went to Spain for one trip and came back and said, "I'm going to be your Spanish teacher." Oh no! Here's a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. The, the only the only way I've ever been able to learn, learn a language was very immersive. Like I said, I, I I went I moved to Western Europe for six months as a um, I was studying to be a, a winemaker at the time, and so I so I decided to uh, get the fuck out of here. Like, how did I not know this about you? Oh yeah, yeah. My first love was wine. I, I, Randy I invented so I, wine. <laughs> so I moved. I moved to France to take uh, to take a uh, an internship. Actually, it was this cool cool opportunity. It was the longtime agronomist for Chateau Briand. Uh, had retired from um, from uh, Baron Rothschild's uh, estate and, and started his own family um, uh, boutique artisanal winery. And where I, and um, in, in Bordeaux. And, uh, but where in Bordeaux? <laughs> where in Bordeaux? Uh, I, I couldn't I like tell you that. I can drive on the, on the, uh, Bordeaux pretty much blind. So. Oh really? Oh wow! You, you're it. probably you're more probably more familiar th than I am. It's I, all I could tell you is on the opposite side uh, from Chateau um, the Neuf du Pop. Uh, opposite side of the river. Yes, yes. So so Chateau okay. Neuf du Pop is is on the the eastern side. Uh, his place oh. was on the western side. You're talking about uh, you're talking about the uh, Chateau Neuf de Pop is a completely different region. You're talking about Bordeaux, so you're talking yeah. about left bank and right bank. So Aubryon. Yeah, the on the west side. So yeah, uh, I'm literally thinking of a map right now. I was not as familiar with the area as you are, clearly. So, but he's on the <laughs> other side of the river, so he was in probably Saint Emilion. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I exactly. probably I probably used juice from his property because I think. I think really? Obreon ended up buying his property. Is that right? Well, so so I ended up going out there, and I realized when I got there, they spoke no English, and I spoke no <laughs> French. And I was supposed to, like, live at their property during Crush. And it became very intimidating, and I actually backed out of the internship um, because I uh, uh, I realized, I was like, I'm, I'm not prepared for this. I They didn't speak we couldn't communicate like it, it was it was problematic and so uh we, we so i but i went out there with a girlfriend who was fluent in french and spanish and she helped me like we had to sit down with the family we talked and they totally understand they were super cool about it i was like unfortunately like i had this like dream that this was going to be amazing and this is just not going to work uh and so instead i ended up going to paris and taking french classes uh for uh for two months uh, and then I traveled Western Europe, uh, learning the, the different wine regions from Italy to Germany to France and, and, uh, and just studied instead. Okay. So, um, what year was this? That was 2004. Damn. Well, I'll tell you, Randy, I, you and I could have this conversation for days, but I don't think anybody that's watching this show really cares. <laughs> <laughs> 
we never got so to. So when, when we see each other again, I want to sit down and actually have a real conversation with you because this really, like, this is my thing. Like, I wanted to move to Bordeaux. I wanted to. Oh, really? I wanted to, I wanted to uh, like, go to, like, the Bordeaux analogy school. And they said, eh, you can't come. You don't have, you need, you need to have a bachelor in regular college. I'm like, dude, I never went to college. Like mm. this is the only way you can get into this school. I'm like, gotcha. kind of bullshit. Like, I just want to learn how to do what you do, and I want to immerse myself in it. And they're like, yeah, but to go to take a a master class, you can't. You you gotta already have a college education. I'm like, Riv. well, that's something that I don't have. So, no. <laughs> well, you know what I you know what I did find though uh, there, if you show the passion and the willingness the to try the university. Right, right. It's my experience there, you know, if you show the passion and the interest and you engage them in a respectful way, like, they're so open and willing to work with you. And I, I did so many, like, uh, like winery trips and, and everything where I, I was practicing my, uh, my French. And, and I, I had a, the connection that got me in this position in the first place was here in California, in Livermore, California. And he had, he had studied in champagne and uh, and worked at Vouv Clicquot and he came back with a wine a, a wine glossary and so i i had this like glossary yeah it's like a basically a dictionary <laughs> for just wine terms which was really unique because like did you say like, wool no. Like sheep's <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it, it was because uh, like my girlfriend who who at the time who spoke fluent French. There's a lot of terms that she wouldn't have known, like 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 the the, the term for for yeast and fermentation and, and like just terms that aren't like common nomenclature for people that speak it fluently, but they're just not terms they ever learned because they never studied wine making. And and I was a winemaker here uh, uh, initially, and then went over there. So. Uh, uh, but anyhow, it, it was a great experience. Well, I never uh, Randy, yeah. I, 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 real quick, and I'll, I'll no. end it, <laughs> and we'll go to a commercial. Um, I actually started becoming friendly with a bunch of winemakers over there, so they were willing to teach me and that yeah. whole thing. But to go to the University of Bordeaux, like they, it's like, no, you can't come unless you have yeah. a, a degree already. I'm like, okay. But it's better to have street knowledge. I Ultimately, couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree Ultimately, more. Then, I mean, yeah, I, that's not telling everybody that has a college education that you suck and that us with street knowledge are really great, but no, no that's, that's, I, I think it goes back to the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing time. we were talking about. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I ended up having a great time just learning from the people that were yeah. willing to just hang out with me and honestly get me drunk in the barrel room. That's yeah. it. Ew. Yeah. Sipping off a little test of N. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> The um, yeah, it's it's similar to how we were talking about the the language of Spanish. It, you know, there's a clear differentiation of like the folks that learned it in a textbook versus the people that learn it in the street. You know, um, yeah, we went way uh, off topic, by the way. Yeah, yeah, the, none of this was planned. You know, uh, all apologies. This reminds so, me of that time that you interviewed Pete at at PCA and talked about cigars. 
I, I don't. I, none, we, none of that sounds familiar. Talk about cigars? <laughs> <laughs> none, of, none of that seems that interesting to me. I, I literally came into this show thinking, he was like, you know what? Everyone interviews Pete about cigars. Let's learn about Pete the person, not Pete the cigar maker. Like, we'll, we'll, well, there, we'll, touch, on, we'll touch on some cigar stuff as we go, but like, I'd rather just like talk to Pete. Uh, but you know what? Uh, honestly, I never even said what I was smoking or drinking. So let yes. me uh, let, let me just com- sure complete didn't. that task. <laughs> so I I went tonight with the Tatuaje uh, a Halloween series. Halloween came early this this month. Super uh, excited to, to light this bad boy up, and I am pairing that tonight with the world's greatest old fashioned. Ah, I had that on uh, Wednesday. Well, I, I'll tell you. Pete, What's the world's it, greatest old fashioned? I, 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 I already knew that I was going to have to like school you up because I, I want to drive people to this. Um, we we uh, on, on Flavor Odyssey, as you know, we we, we uh, focus on, on pairings and whatnot, and so we try and introduce uh, new ingredients. And so Robbie Raz and I are always on the the hunt for um, for new trends in in beverages and in cocktails specifically and so we found the, the, this fella on uh, on the the social webs if you will uh, called uh, named thirsty whale um, he's a great follow he's, he's a lot of fun uh, content creator on there and, and, and he posted this uh, this video called the world's greatest old-fashioned and um, Couple, couple of the variances from what we know old-fashioned to be. Uh, uh, this whole team, all the Cigar Dojo, I think I speak for all of us, that, that this really is a superior version of a cocktail we were all in love with uh, originally. Uh, one, one of the key elements here uh, is, the, is a rich syrup versus a simple syrup or versus just a, a sugar addition. Um, and so the definition of a rich syrup is a two-to-one ratio and, versus and a simple syrup. A it's a one-to-one. It's a Demerara rich. Then it's a dark sugar on top of that. So you can use Turbinado or Demerara. Jordan and I are both pretty staunch believers that Demerara, Demerara is guy. the darkest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like that that threshold before you go to to, to brown sugar, you got Demerara. And so you get this caramel sweetness, this like more rich and complex sweetness. And then when you go to that two to one ratio rather than the one to one ratio of simple syrup, you really get like a much deeper, richer uh, uh, sweetness from, from it. And then, uh, in addition to that, he, he also introduced for the first time for all of us was the addition of saline. And so we've all made our own what? homemade saline, uh, an 80% water to 20%, uh, uh salt, uh, mixture that, that you can make at home. Um, a couple drops of saline when, uh, wh- what I've figured out is if you're adding any time type of sweetener, if you also add saline, it brings out this brightness and this pop and actually helps some of the uh, individual components of the of the cocktail stand on their own. So you get that cherry characteristic from the Luxardo. You get that orange characteristic from, from the, the orange peel edition. You get that, that richness. And then the bourbon can really stand out. And I use uh, Noah's Mill uh, bourbon in this, which is 114 Ooh. proof. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Noah's Mill. <laughs> oh. One of my favorites. Absolutely one of my favorites. So, um, so yeah, I'm a huge fan of going uh, Demerara, rich syrup, and saline uh, as as a, a way to kind of develop a, a richer, more bold, and 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 exciting version of a, a of a old fashioned. Uh, and it does use Angostura and orange bitters uh, combined, so you get, you get a little bit of complexity from the bitters component as well. 
so yeah, I was excited to, to pair that with the Halloween series uh, that I believe you sent me for my birthday. Uh, oh yeah, in in, in, uh, in twenty, that, I think that was twenty twenty one. Uh, you sent me a birthday uh, package because you were you were a guest on Flavor Odyssey on my birthday and were so ambiguously kind and and generous to send me a a, a little uh, care package after the show. So thank you for that, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit with my my uh, world's best old fashioned tonight. Now I'm gonna go crazy on the world's best old fashioned because that's oh, the, oh yeah. I, I I'll text you. The I link. love the it, salt. I love the salt. Oh. Like input. you could put that's that really in. Cool. On, in like every drink, like even if you're making like iced coffee, a, little, a couple drops of the saline like takes away some of that. Sometimes iced coffee will be a little more bitter, you know. If you're just going just straight black iced coffee, add some saline into that, balances it out. You could put it really, in yeah. It's crazy. Uh, having so a why, yeah, why having that? a little dropper of saline at home has been just one of my favorite additions to my to my my enjoyment flavor pleasure. That's that's amazing. I'm actually looking forward to it. I think you guys should drop a link. <laughs> oh, good call. I like that. Jordan, drop a link. Pro, 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 produce that into in, into our planning here. Uh, um, throw in the comments. You guys drop links. I don't even know you guys do that. Well, we can we can uh, do that. <laughs> we've got Jordan, the producer, Wonder Kid, man. We can make we can make it rain out here. Okay. Uh, so uh, all right. Well, don't so, say that so, because it will start raining here in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. So, so let's touch base on a couple things that we uh, we caught up with you at, at PCA. Uh, really exciting year for you. Congratulations again on the milestone. Uh, you, you, you're you're in your anniversary year, right? Um, yeah. You, you, Somewhere you, in the middle you, of it. Yeah. You you, you had a, a, a several different projects that that you had culminate for the, this year. So, just wanted to kind of catch up with you. Um, and uh, it, so let's let's start with one one of the more unique things that uh, this industry has has had introduced with the NFT project that you did with Smoke In. Um, obviously, uh, we, we all watched as those auctions went on. Uh, the, the, you are now the captain of the of the title that you have the highest price sold NFT in the history of premium cigars. Um, how's that project going? How do you view it now that, that, that they're sold? You have people that own these, uh, you know, how do you, how'd it go? Uh, you know, I think it went pretty good, but I've been talking to Abe, like literally we text almost every other day. And I believe that everybody is receiving them now. Like, Ooh. yeah, I think, I think they're landing in stores within the next week or so. I can't remember what he told me, but he he just showed me a like a video of the crates that he built for the humidors for the few really? people, for the couple people that needed them shipped. But there were like a bunch of people that were like, well, a bunch out of the out of the seven or six, right. six, yeah, yeah. The majority were going to pick them up in Florida. I was like, wow. really? I guess a, a few of these guys have places down here, and they're like, yeah, we'll just come. We'll just get him and we'll pick it up. But like uh, Jay Davis from uh, Blue Smoke and Danny Dickwich from Tobacco Plaza, they're both shipping theirs up to uh, their locations. So Blue was Smoke, all, Dallas. Were there any non-retailers that won? Yeah, three. Three? Technically. Jeez. Wow. That's, Technically that, that, was, that was one of the questions Jordan and I had talked about. It's like we, we weren't even sure if you would know 
the the well, result two, of two that. Two of them went to the same the same person who. Okay, is so one person got two. Technically, not a retailer, but he works with a retailer. I was going to say, technically not a retailer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. And then then one guy is literally a consumer. Like wow. Just, a collector. Like just a collector. Dude. A collector. Yeah. Which is really cool. I mean, and, and Abe, I'll tell you, Abe, Abe's really kind of, I mean, everybody knows he's the mastermind behind all this, but he, he like, he would come up with ideas. I'm like, you're going to share that with the whole group? He goes, absolutely. So he came up with like, I can't even tell you because I, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm I'm giving something away that he hasn't talked about yet. But uh, mm. he came up with some really cool things. Just tell um, us. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, screw it. He came hey, up with some really hey, cool things. Abe's hey, family. Uh, It'll be fine. <laughs> for for all the people to utilize. So anytime he came up with an idea, he's like, "This is what I'm going to do." I'm like. You gonna share it with everybody else? He goes, "Yeah, absolutely," because I want everybody to kind of be involved with this. So, so and we so have plans. Maybe. We have plans for the future of this too. Like, there's there's other things, you know, down the road with this. Some project. other exclusive no, uh, access no more, that you're gonna provide. Yeah, no more uh, obviously NFT projects, but to the NFT holders, they're gonna have access to certain things, which is really cool. Okay, that's the that, way to do that, it. Th- yeah, that is, that is very cool. So, so the the folks that that purchased uh, the, the NFTs, maybe we should just kind of run through the the really high level uh, outline in case anyone wasn't clear on on all the details of what this was. Uh, so, uh, Tatuaje Anarchy was a shop exclusive uh, that that you launched with with Smoking. Uh, several years ago was it was arguably one of the very first okay 2010 arguably one of the first ever uh shop exclusives i, b- I believe it was a claim at one point for anarchy yeah well it wasn't the first shop exclusive for me but it might have been the largest shop exclusive okay. that's what it was um, I, I knew i knew it held some title in that in that arena. yeah because we abe and i joke because we didn't make the uh the most extraordinary things on that's right li- that's right. That's right. I qualified hey. for the cigars of the decade. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. I we didn't, I'll we tell didn't you, make the list. We didn't I'll, tell, list. I'll tell you, I Pete, before it even went public, I made this argument internally with Eric that no, it was. Uh, it, it, I absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> did. Uh, I, I, I was. Hey, uh, Evan and I get a kick out of it that we joke about it all the time. He's like, can you believe? I believe they didn't miss. They didn't. Do, they didn't include us. There's always next decade, Pete. <laughs> the NFT's definitely gonna make the we're, next. We're decade, in the next right? decade already, right? No, yeah, no, no. I'm not gonna reveal the list till 2030. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm so, hoping I'm here. <laughs> so, so, so there were there were seven. Uh, there were seven total NFTs. Uh, as this was a partnership very specifically with Smokin, Abe Dababna and Smokin uh, garnered the first one unquestionably without uh, being bid on. And then number six seven. went up for... Actually, oh, it, oh, it was number Abe seven that he took. took. Number seven. Yeah, we left number one through six. Okay. Okay, so... Technically, so six, you know, if I have to go back and think about it, maybe Abe should have took a middle number. Because there's always hmm. something for the first one and the last one. Did he just you know look, look at yeah, Purdy? Right. 
Yeah, the, the, the Mr. Uh, Irrelevant, right? Like, 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 there's something special about being the last, too. Art-wise, art did he just pick one ahead of time, or did he just take what was ever, what, the last one that was left no. over? No, like, it wasn't an art-wise choice. It was, like, we, we actually talked about it a lot, but I think he was, like, I'll just take the last one. Not thinking that the last one obviously could have been something super special because there is something to say about right. getting number one and number seven, you know? You know, it, it's funny that you should mention that because like, I've always thought that when uh, movie credits are rolling and, like, the star of the movie is often the first name uh, presented as, like, starring Pete Johnson. And then at the very end it says also... You know, and then the, like the second biggest name, right? So, yep. so you either want to be first or last. You don't want to be in that middle section featuring, because you're featuring. Featuring, like, you're right. Yes, yes. If you think featuring. about if you think about Seinfeld. Yes. Uh, yes. What's his name? Um, Larry David. No, not Larry David, but the. Oh man, why am I blanking? Jason. Jason. Uh, Alexander. Jason Alexander. Yeah. He was actually featured. Right. He was a feature role. So, like, it, that's something. Big. If you're not first, you're last, Pete. Feature roles, feature, <laughs> feature roles actually get paid more. Speaking of that, have you seen the uh, the video of, of them doing the uh, the conversation between between Weller and Pappy? And it's, it's uh, maybe, you know, one day I'd like to, you know, slingshot into first place. He goes, yeah, but if, if I let you be first. What am I going to, like, how can I be first? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would see that. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. check that. I got to check I that. I love out. it. I love it. Um, all right. So, so I, I, again, just a high level. So there are seven NFT um, available. It, this is all centered around a humidor uh, that gets um, uh, re replenished by the owner of the, uh, well, replenished by you to the owner of, of the humidor. Uh, and then it's bolstered by uh, a, a series of one-of-one one, um, uh, accessories that include a ST DuPont lighter. That is the first time ST DuPont has ever done a one-of-one one project. Uh, Zycar cutter, a crystal ashtray by Crystal Importers, and then a 24 by 36 framed print by an artist that no matter how hard I tried, Abe would never tell me who the artists or artists were. I, I'm not quite sure what that's one all about. Artist. Why that's anonymous. One artist. It is he's one actually artist. mentioned okay. his name before. He has. He wouldn't yeah, tell me straight to my a, face when I asked. <laughs> it's a local artist that Abe's used for a lot of things over the years. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I wonder if that... Uh, I kind of felt like it was like if I mention his name, I owe him more money, so I'm not going to mention his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty messed up. <laughs> I know it pretty well. I'm just saying, uh, but 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 obviously with your brand, with the Anarchy brand, obviously I, all the art is so thematic. It's so brand, on brand for you guys. Like I. You know, from the outside looking in, uh, this is a, an amazing project. Obviously, Pale Horse is one of the legendary uh, exclusive cigars that, that you've made that so few of us have ever got our chance to, uh, to, to get our hands on. Uh, what, one of the things I, I was curious about is, like, you know, when you signed up for this project and um, 
I mean, this is a lifetime commitment that you've made to these yeah, purveyors. It's pretty weird, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, told, like... I told my wife that she goes, "How long? How long do we have to make these?" I go, "Forever." Yeah, yeah. In perpetuity. Have you looked that word up? <laughs> yeah, and you'll have to buy them. You have to buy them well, back, I mean, like buying back stock someday, and then you you can stop making. <laughs> the the uh, the the worst case scenario, and I'll say this. The worst case scenario is like if Tatawahe or my father's cigars were ever sold, mm. um, then you'd have to figure out how to make a, Abe would have to figure out some way to make a deal with the new owners. Uh, oh, I going. see. If I were in Abe's seat, I'd be looking at you cross-eyed right now when you say that. That's on you to put into the contract for the sale agreement because we have a deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably probably true. It's on me. I'll make sure it's a deal. <laughs> no, there is no deal. But I, I've actually told told my wife that, uh, yeah, the kids are going to be making these things. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly. awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, no. literally, I could never make another cigar again and still have, uh, what is it, four hundred and something boxes a year that I have to make <laughs> for no, for well, Abe's kids. <sighs> Yeah. Well, it's an interesting conversation. Obviously, this is the second um, large scale successful NFT launch uh, in our industry. And, uh, you know, from again, as an outsider looking in, I had, you know, you know, I didn't have the $90,000 to be in the bidding war myself personally, nor, nor did Jojo. We talked about it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I asked Eric, I said, hey, is there a scenario where like we could pull some money and maybe we can get one of these? And um, and what, once we saw what the bidding went for, it was, it was a hard no. Um, you know, basically, after it went over $500, uh, we, we were out of the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we'd love we'd love to have a, a, a cigar dojo, Tetuai, Anarchy NFT. Uh, we, we just don't roll that way. Um, it, so it, it actually is really surprising. Tonight's the first time we're we're learning that three of the um, three of the purveyors are not retailers. Um, I think you know well, as a, as a, two one guy one guy got two. Um, right. Okay. So two it, purveyors, it three of the. Yeah, it's it's technically three. I mean, three right, went right. to non-retailers, but one guy got two. Yeah. Uh, but actually, one of the, one of these guys actually has. I think actually, one of the guys or both guys have the Andalusian Bull one also. Oh, the same guys that bought Andalusian Bull also bought the Anarchy NFT. Yeah, like there's Man. a there's a I can't remember if it's one or two guys that actually um, got in on both. Man, but I mean, there's it, there's retailers well, I, that actually. Got I, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with you and and try yeah, and, and, and and get who, the context for them. I think we'd love Abe, to have Abe, them on no, the show. Sorry, I and, Abe was yeah. like chiming in on on this, going, Pete, you're completely fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what, what, what was cool because no one knew what to expect when Golden Bull came out. Um, no one knew how successful or how engaged people would be, and and where at least for me, in my opinion, the way I kind of uh, uh, apply value to things is once we saw uh, one of the Golden Bulls actually sold on the second market, that one of the purveyors of Golden Bull sold, resold their, theirs, that's when I was sure that, that there was true value to this, that there was secondary market value. That, to me, at least, is a milestone of... 
you, you know the true value of the way nfts work historically with in other uh, arenas um and so uh honestly as just a cigar smoker and a cigar fan uh, i i would hope that retailers were the majority owners of these because that that does mean that there will be some level of access to just a cigar aficionado fan geek whatever you want to call us um that i might actually get my hands on a pale horse uh through this program uh well and, the and pale that'll, horse that'll the was pale a one-time thing hard. right yeah well the pale horse is going to be hard to come by because remember when i did the chaos with abe mm -hmm. it had a pale horse but it had a different shape it was based off the chaos shape. So it was a chaos pale horse. This is oh. a pale horse of the original anarchy. So, this, so, so it's a, a uniquely new Vitola entirely. Yeah, so this is actually based off the original Vitola, a pale horse version that only 15 per NFT were made. So, that, so 105 so that, forever. And, and like no, you're bound now, by contract, you'll ne you'll never make another more than you'll never make a hundred and sixth pale horse in that Vitola, right? Well, we made we made them for the humidor, for right. the NFT holder, for the for the initial. Whether or not we might do something for the NFT holders later on with the pale horse, that's a different topic, ah, but we don't know. Okay, yet. okay, good to know. That's uh, that, that's. Breaking news here on Smoke Night Live. No, it's not oh. breaking news. I didn't release any any news. This is not Taylor Swift and Travis. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> While Randy Griggs is hosting Smoke Night Live, we just eat, eat my shorts half wheel. No, I'm sorry. I, I joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, honestly, it's super surprising to hear that three of the seven uh, might actually go to private collectors and never, um, you know, bring. No, but, no, but but, but yeah, here's the I thing think... that, and that's why I mentioned what I said before about the secondary market is these could change hands in the future. The, oh, yeah, the yeah. ownership, the purveyors can. That is a that's the beauty that is a fluid. Yeah, that is a fluid and scenario, the, right? And the cool I, I thing. About, I don't oh, sorry, know, sorry, I don't know for sure. But I have to believe that the guys that are private collectors are much like a guy like Jay Davis from Blue Smoke Dallas, who is very much a cigar collector. He just happens to own a retail store. So there's very there's a very distinct possibility that these private collectors are going to put them out into the market also. They, they, they ultimately could end up having a some type of, you know, consumer venue for people to buy these. Mm, sure. And and the idea, I mean, uh, in my opinion, again, just speaking as a, as a cigar fan, um, you know, in my mind, the best case scenario is a lot of these accessories that are one of ones end up being part of some other program that they do uh, a sweepstakes of some sort that, that those might find their way into the homes of some of the top collectors in the country versus other guys that again like you know what i'll make the cigars available but i'm keeping the the goodies <laughs> right like like yeah, no, yeah. duponts might I never think, change hands i think you know again here's the the interesting part about the nft products or the utility the utility package. Ooh, he's using the buzzwords. Can, I yeah, like you it. Can, you can sell <laughs> the utility package. Yeah. And still keep the NFT. 
Right. The right. NFT is really just the humidor. The humidor is the centerpiece no. of, the, of the NFT, right? No. no. Well, the, the NFT, NFT is, is the, digital... the technology behind it, that the proof of ownership, basically. Yeah. And the cool thing the hum- about someone the way could NFTs sell work... the humidor. Someone could sell the humidor. Sorry, Jordan. I, I keep on doing no, it, but no. I want to hear what you. I want to hear what you were going to say earlier. Uh, but the, the the humidor and the the lighters and the cutter, you know, all that that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you could the sell physical that accoutrement. The NFT. But Jordan, right. you were going to oh. say something earlier. No, just, well, just, you know, let me tee you, let me tee you up because I want you I want you to speak to this, Jordan, because uh, I, I want and I want to give credit to oh, I you, were to you because it's no no no. I I think it's so relevant here, and Pete, I don't know if you've got a chance to take a look at it. Jordan did a, a review of the Golden Bull. And he did an in-depth. Okay, great. So he did an in-depth uh, explanation of what an NFT is in in the crypto world today, um, from from a, kind of a, a thirty thousand foot view uh, to to explain to folks because so many of us aren't in that world and we're not engaging there. And so uh, if if there's any questions about this, I let, let me please recommend that you go to the Cigar Dojo uh, review of the Golden Bull because Jordan is our in-house savant when it comes to the crypto world in general. And he really did do, um, by, by all accounts, Thank an you. amazing uh, in-depth explanation of what an NFT is in our world today and kind of translated that for us cigar smokers of how, yeah. how, how the general concept of nft has played into these roles um so so let me tee that up and jordan go take it away i don't want to get too into the weeds on that obviously but no no no. it's just using blockchain technology to (laughs) uh you know secure a proof of ownership unlike we've ever been able to do before uh but uh, what i was gonna say earlier is something that people don't really talk about about this kind of stuff too often is one of the cool things to maybe incentivize other manufacturers to do this kind of thing is when it's coded into the N- NFT to where when one of these guys, if and when one of these guys ever does sell their NFT to somebody else, that there will be, I think it's 10% what they coded into this particular project. But 10% of that sale will then go to the creator again ever, in perpetuity. So like it, whether that's just Abe or Abe and the people who made the NFT technologically wise, um, I'm not sure how they break that down. But every time it's sold, they'll get another 10%. Of that of that sale every time, so so it actually reduces the value as 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 it continues it could, to trade hands. Or, I mean, technically, or the value could go up. The, you know, the value of the humidor could the next time it's sold, sure. it could sell for two hundred. Sure, no, no, that's uh, that's interesting. And, and, and let, let me just not miss the opportunity to say, like, obviously, uh, LFD was the first to. to they're not the first to ever introduce the concept, but but it was by far the most widely uh, understood and 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 publicized uh, version of this concept in general. They were wildly successful in it, and and I, and I can't help but notice that when I look at the dollars that they sold for, the Tetuahe and Ekari just quite frankly sold for more, um, and so it, it shows a trend that this was not a a complete, uh, you know, one-off spoof. This is something that has like built. Uh, let me ask you, Pete. Uh, like very frankly, were yeah. what was your what was your 
your response to to how what the dollar amount was were you shocked were you impressed were were you underwhelmed like how did you feel about how the anarchy went no i, I honestly i i was i i questioned it <laughs> like yeah. well you asked me earlier like when when abe asked me to do this i was like okay this is like jumping the shark for me <laughs> so so honestly i was like downplaying the whole thing and then when i saw the first one go up and then i ultimately found out who bought it i was actually mm-hmm. really happy uh you all know number one was bought by jeff borshowitz from corona cigar and um it was nice to see that that jeff really like dug into it he like jeff's Jeff's actually done really well with some of my store exclusives that I've done mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. over the years. Yep, absolutely. And um, it was nice to see him, you know, jump in on this. Uh, it it kind of, I, I would say it almost validated it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was kind of like skeptical about the whole thing in the beginning and then blown away very quickly. And just to clarify, Jeff Borschwitz is the owner of Corona Cigars, obviously one of the top uh, purveyors uh, of premium cigars in in our industry. Uh, And and to your point, uh, of course, that validates it, you know, that that you have some of some of the nation's top uh, retailers uh, valuing this to such an extent that they they would invest in this uh, program. And, And I think Jeff's a great example of someone that I would imagine I, I'm sure there there's something that you know tugs at the heartstrings of like he'd love to keep, you know maybe the ST Dupont lighter, maybe the crystal uh, uh, ashtray. Who knows wh- what it was? But I'd imagine some of these guys are just like one of these items are for me. You, you know I'm I'm gonna keep this. But but some of the other ones are gonna have amazing resale value or 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 a sweepstakes value like like there's so many other other different like projects they can run with that these things have have this insane uh you know collectability element to them as a culture and you look at sports you look at you know when when Michael Jordan's you know tennis shoes from from the flu game you you know sell at auction for millions of dollars you know 30 years later i personally i don't know if you know this about me p i was a golden state warriors season ticket holder for years before the the dynasty started before steve kerr came aboard and and so i i was lucky enough to be on the on the ground floor of like i was a season ticket holder already you know and i had access to these things and i have these bobbleheads and i have these commemorative coins and i have these things that like i i like to i trust me i have to explain to my wife that the insane amount of money i've spent on these collectibles well <laughs> well they might well they might just seem like a ridiculous expenditure from my budget standpoint are going to be worth something that that we couldn't even imagine for my son you know when when these gentlemen make it into the hall of fame when they pass away that the value continues to rise as their legacies are are respected and valued years to come you know so so, yeah it's not not like a baby we won't know the value right right yeah beanie babies is a fad right like these are things that hold intrinsic value that could could potentially carry for generations you know 
Um, so, so it is an exciting topic, and we'll we'll touch on 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 that later. So, thank you for sharing. Um, very exciting to hear that there's other maybe uh, exclusive uh, access that these purveyors w might obtain uh, in the future that haven't even been announced yet. Uh, so that's exciting, honestly. That, that that's well, a conversation that you're it, still it, having. It's really about uh, continuing on with the community of it too. Oh. So I know that we're we're planning on some things that are going to make sure that the community of these NFT holders stays pretty strong. And also the people that actually, you know, spend their hard earned money and, and buck up and buy a buy, you know, a single or a box. You, you might see some cool things coming. Ooh. No, and I was on the website tonight. Uh, more things have, have been announced on the site, even since PCA that uh, now there's a a coin coming that if you buy a box you become part of this exclusive group and there's a facebook group that you'll be part of and and i i love that you use that word man I, honestly it's one of the things that has drawn me to this industry you know i think most people watching know that you know i come from from the alcohol beverage uh, uh industry and, and i'm a professional in that industry and there, there's so much tie-in uh, whether you're talking about artisanal spirits or beer or, or you know whatnot, that, that this is. Uh, do you, Do you think all this talk reminds you of anything? You know, it kind of does. <laughs> the actually, dojo Jordan. community. It does sound. That's right, Dojo. You are getting a Randy's Reads on a Friday night. But do not change the dial. Don't check the calendar. Halloween came early this year, and you are indeed watching Smoke Night Live on a Friday night. And this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars, to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. Enjoy the best prices on your favorite brands like Romeo y Julieta, Monte Cristo, Crown Heads, Davidoff, Espinosa, and many more. Make sure to try one of their exclusive lines like the Drew Estate Nightshade or the limited edition Cigar Dojo 10th Anniversary Champagne by Perdomo. What are you waiting for? Celebrate over 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. Smoke Night Live is proud to announce that we are also brought to you by Espinosa Premium Cigars. Espinosa Cigars was Cigar Dojo's first ever Cigar of the Year winner. Since then, they have consistently placed their cigars on our coveted and elite at year-end list, placing more than any other brand in the last decade. Whether crafting full-body Maduros at San Latano, whipping up zesty Habanos at the fan favorite La Zona Factoria, or serving up knuckle sandwiches with Guy Fieri, Espinosa packs the flavor that craft cigar fanatics crave. 
Get in the Lazona state of mind with hit releases such as the 601 Blue, Espinosa Habano, Murcielago, or the Opalin Orange Treat that Eric Espinosa himself has dubbed Laranja. With a lineup this good, you'll have no excuse but to smoke Espinosa every day. did it we got to commercial you know you're just running twice as long as sensei it's so it, that's we're just going double time uh, half time I'll, I'll be honest we what have was so the much song production. in the background of that that was just me riffing oh. on the guitar no I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> oh bro I'll, I'll send you the link i i got i gotta give a shout out my, my man paul he is uh he's jordan's brother-in-law he's eric's son-in-law he actually is an amazing artist that uh, is part of a band with two of Jordan's sisters that uh, that was was uh, commissioned to create my interstage, uh, which is my my opening uh, uh, my opening uh, reads for Randy's reads. I, I got a chance for the first time to meet Paul uh, about a month ago, and the first time I saw him, I knew who he was at a distance. And we, we spoke no words to each other, Pete. We just, we just opened our arms and embraced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, is the, this is the man that wrote the Randy's Reads Interstage. I can't it, tell you what that means to me personally. Interstitial? Is it interstitial? Is it? I don't know. Rob, Robbie taught us the word. I had never heard of it. I was so excited. I was like, <laughs> wow, there's a word for it? No. No, it's my, it, it's my <laughs> opening It's my opening interlude, you know? Uh, all right, so so we've spent enough time on the NFT. Very exciting. Keep your eyes open. Uh, again, you know, pay attention. Anarchy NFT. Go in and figure out who the, who the uh, purveyors are. Uh, th there is going to be access. It sounds like uh, Pete. You know, with four uh, four of those being owned by retailers, uh, these cigars are going to make it into the humidors of some of us that 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 are uh, you know uh, premium cigar collectors which for me is the most exciting like i'm actually kind of bummed that uh, you know that there's people so wealthy that they, they can drop 90k and just keep them for themselves <laughs> you know like well, it's, I, don't, I don't think they're keeping them for themselves though yeah that's I'll gonna be, be tough I, right? I think they're working with with retailers so okay i think you're, i mean if, if you see the uh the website, I think there's actually they show all the all the uh, NFTs, mm -hmm. and they show everybody has like a sleeve around their box. So I, I believe that they're all going to market in some way. I, I and this, all right before we move on. Now you mentioned that, I mean this has got to be a, a a big production planning piece for you that you have to make sure that they may or may not. Be able to buy them. What, what is it? It's a monthly uh, allocation that, that they're providing. Yeah, right? the cigar. It's it. We make them in a year batch. Okay. So every year there will be a batch that uh, gets to the the warehouse and gets distributed out a month or quarterly. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're ready to go, and we don't we don't make them on demand for sure. We don't make them. Hey, let me make a quarter's worth of cigars. Right. Uh, the factory would kill me if I told them I only needed <laughs> X amount of cigars per per quarter. So are so are these coming? 
All right, so now you've, you've intrigued me to ask you one more follow-up question. Uh, are these yeah. coming out of Miami, or are these coming out of the My Father Factory in Nicaragua? No, so. they're they're Nicaragua. Yeah, they are. They are all <laughs> Nicaragua. The um, anarchy's already always been out of the Nicaraguan factory. Oh, great. Uh, could I have done it out of Miami? Absolutely, but uh, we don't have enough rollers to do it, and okay. we have a, a very specific pair of rollers in Nicaragua that has been making these since the first batch so we leave them to it okay fantastic no, very very exciting all right so just a couple other uh uh housekeeping again just wanted to kind of catch up on on some of the things that we talked to you about at pca um uh well let's get into the monsters series release it's one of the one of the line extensions that, that you're so famous for you, you 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 really crafted a whole other niche for our industry um, you, you know, that, you know, for me is, is important as I come from the beer side of, of things in, in, in my uh, career. Um, you know, you, you really created a, a scenario where people have an opportunity to have these limited releases that annually there's a new uh, release coming out. Uh, can you talk a little bit about 2023 and, and, and what we can expect to see from Tetuahe from the Monster Series? Well, yeah, the face. I, actually, every retailer in the country has them already. Well, not They're already in, we, in. Listen, we don't sell to every more. retailer in the country, but every retailer that is a retailer of ours that that um, participates in in paying attention to Tatawahe throughout the year gets a small allocation, and uh, yeah, everybody that I know has them already. And you don't They're on do the ground like now. The uh, Lucky Thirteen this on the Reduxes, right? Like you're just doing. Uh, yeah, I got rid of that whole. Uh, honestly, like. The unlucky thirteen ended up closing a lot of stores. Mm. It was really <laughs> truly unlucky. Uh -oh. <laughs> I, I was gonna say the, the, the name seemed to precede itself. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was it was kind of this way. We can actually, you know, divvy up the numbered boxes to kind of everybody and give everybody a chance to to have something a little extra special, even though. It's the same cigar that goes in both boxes. It's just there's a little bit different artwork on, on both of them. And, you know, years ago, we used to do the coffin boxes and then plain boxes, mm -hmm. very simple right, plain right. boxes. The dress boxes but, versus you know, more the and production. More people right? were asking for the coffin boxes. Right. And this was the best way to do it. You know, to the, to the chagrin of the factory of me saying, hey, I want them all to be in coffin boxes. Um, it's kind of a, a little bit extra work for the factory, but they've been awesome. Honestly, you know, we, we're very lucky that the Garcias have their own box factory. And the guy who is in charge of the project down in Nicaragua has been with us for basically the whole time. So he kind of knows what he's getting into every year. And he, he nails it. Every time I send him the artwork, he ends up nailing it. And my understanding is you're pretty close with the Garcia family in general. <laughs> Man, a little, bit, little bit. Uh, all right well, well great you know i follow you on social media uh, you know and and, and saw uh, a fun live recently where you were making some announcements about this year's saints and sinners uh, another great program that, that you offer to, to cigar aficionados uh it's an exclusive club that you have to kind of prepay into there's a limited uh, a number of, of slots. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this year's Saints and Sinners release program and, and what you have in store for those uh, members? 
Yeah, actually, uh, the SNS kit this year, it's our 13th year. So we decided to, to do it all monster themed. So we decided uh, to push back the release till October. Nice. Unfortunately, with a couple delays in the factory, we're probably going to gonna release in December. Right before, <laughs> no, we're going to we're going to we're, we're hoping to ship everything right before right before Halloween. Hopefully, some people will get it by Halloween. But it's a full monster theme um, kit. Like every every cigar in the kit is based off of original monsters just in weird formats um some some might be even a wrapper change on a mo- an original monster the cra coffin that we do um we every year we we automatically contribute to the C- cigar rights of america and we make the members become members or the sns members become members of the cra so we in turn give them a two-pack coffin and this year includes two really epic cigars. I would say that the the aftermarket value or the secondary market of this mm-hmm. kit, I hate to say this because people are probably going to start flipping them, but the secondary market of this kit is going to be by far one of the, the most valuable. Wow. Based off of what's in the kit for cigars. How many NFTs do they get? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is there a pale horse involved in the kit? Uh, no, no, no pale horses. No, no I, the, the, I, I'm, I'm really excited for people to see it, but it's it's all monster themed or Halloween themed. It's you know the bands are kind of you know spooky, and of course you know there might be a couple pumpkins involved somewhere in the mix, and there there is a uh, a very cool ten pack of uh, of a short robusto that. Uh, people have been waiting for for about i don't know four years Dang. so you and your announcements and then it actually comes to fruition years later we'll talk about that later um uh you well, know let, let me let me ask you to give well, a plug. my announcement is my 20th anniversary jar that i'm doing like everybody's like when when are the jars coming i'm like probably 2025 it's 25 now so that was on my list of things to check in with you about because when we were at pca you said this very well might take a full year before it comes in now you're saying two years yeah you're literally a year further from completion of this than you were six months ago yeah (laughs) okay all right. Well, well, uh, exciting. Let me ask you to give a plug real quick because I'm going to just tell you again. It, it, I'm a big cigar geek. I spend way too much of my uh, ex- disposable income and, and sometimes not so disposable income on uh, cigars myself. And uh, Saints and Sinners is one of those ones that like I had to like know a guy who put me in touch with a guy. Like, I felt like I had to go to the liquor store and say the secret word and then get the egg carton to like find out where the rave was later. Uh, can, can you give a plug, you know, for, for folks that aren't part of the SNS club right now, wh- when is the, the time frame that, that you can get involved and, and, and how, how do you, you know, kind of cue yourself up if you're not currently part of the SNS club? Yeah, late May, early June, we usually uh, start uh, doing the new membership for for the next year. So next next May, twenty twenty four, you'll start seeing announcements. And then, if you're not currently a member, uh, or you've never been a member, usually we try to uh, limit access to the club via referral, and uh, just because we're trying to control the numbers so it doesn't get too big. 
Right. Uh, it's not about the, the size of the club. It's really about the, the quality of people that are in. And we oh. always know that the members that refer people are usually pretty good. So, Fantastic. yeah, it's sometime around late May, early June. And usually we ship everything in September, but this year we pushed it to October because of the theme. Okay. So. so so no matter what, no matter how much you follow you on social and everything else, you still got to know a guy. Mm. The good thing is, is that I, I probably referred 50 people this year. <laughs> okay. So, so, you, so if you ever have you're, an you're, issue you're tuned getting in. in the club, Right. Yeah, if you ever have an issue getting in the club, you can always send me a private message, and I'll push you in the right direction. Okay, great. Because right. I, mean, no, I, I think our audience appreciates you that. You, you, you have your screws loose if you follow me, first of all. But <laughs> but if you take the time to actually DM me, um, I, I figure you might be really into what we're doing, so okay. I usually push it along. Great. No, thank you for, for sharing that, because I, I, I know that's... Like I said, it took me a couple of years to get into SNS. Uh, I, I missed. And you know a guy. I, 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 I knew a guy, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, no, good old you Robbie Ress. Like, like <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, I, I guess technically I do know you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so one of the things I was going to ask is, is the jars. So that's still a work in progress. Obviously, we saw the jars at PCA. They're gorgeous. You're working on perfecting it to be exactly what you want it to be um, to, to represent your 20th anniversary. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be celebrating my 20th anniversary on my 22nd anniversary. <laughs> well, so so let me I have a follow up question to the 20th anniversary. You know, we're not totally I'm not totally clear. Um, so it, it, the, what I've read, what I've seen, what we've spoken about. Uh, 20th anniversary is the same blend as the 10th and 15th, but in a new Vitola. Is that well? Is okay, that right? the, tw the 20th anniversary cigars that are coming out in Nicaragua are based off of the 10-year anniversary cigars. Okay. And those will be released in about two weeks. And All those right. are those are in the the uh, 20 count, like dark uh, mahogany color box or ebony color box. Um, so those are those are about two weeks out, okay. maybe three. Well, no, about two weeks out. And the Miami stuff uh, is, yeah, again, that's that's a totally different new blend. Um, there was obviously, you know, the fifteenth kind of stands on its own. Okay. And then the twentieth in Miami will stand on its own also uh, as a totally different new thing. Like, dude, I'll give you a good example. My 50th birthday cigars, which was, you know, my 50th birthday was 2020. <laughs> Those are still not out. <laughs> you mean 55 no, and releasing your 50th birthday? It has nothing birthday. to do with packaging. It has nothing to do with packaging. Although I just repackaged all the cigars from 50 counts to 10 counts. Just because I, I figured uh, it would be better to have uh, 10 count boxes for the consumer because they are very expensive cigars, but the cigars have been aging in 50 count cabs for four years. So, so yes. they're worth the wait is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm actually, right. and I don't know how many of them I'm going to actually sell. Hey, excuse I, me. <laughs> yeah. I, like I have, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I don't feel the need or the, 
the necessity to have to sell something. And there's certain things like this that I'm like, okay, uh, I'm not in a hurry. Mm -hmm. uh, so it can wait. And uh, eventually they'll come out and I'll probably release about half of them. And then keep the other half for me to smoke and enjoy with friends and family and, and anybody who wanders into my my new Miami Miami office that I I just I just purchased a building last week Ooh. so congratulations well yeah it's it's a small condo but I I realized that I was overflowing in Los Angeles and I needed a backup warehouse in Miami so I I got a small uh, like 2500 square foot space in Miami to uh to work for overflow all right Oh, it's, it's great to know. Honestly, it's one of the one of the fun things about this industry. I love that you used the term community earlier, and that's it resonates so much with you that like we are a community, and that you love to share. Again, like I said earlier in the show, like you, we hosted you on my birthday, and you were so kind as to send uh, you know a care package of uh, of event only smokes to me. Um, so that's that, that's cool it, it kind of gives more draw to like when you do come out of your cocoon and, and make your way into the public that like it's really worth the the cost of admission to go and meet you and introduce and and get to know you there, there might be something secret and special we don't even know about yet that you might get handed <laughs> at, at an event like that <laughs> there's a few of them i okay. mean there's a few cigars that i've, I've been leaking out to stores this is, so this is technically a little bit of news. I've been leaking out a few cigars to stores here and there. Um, and eventually they'll start coming out in a, a little bit bigger fashion, but there's still limited projects that I did in Miami mm -hmm. that ultimately I've been trying to keep off of the radar of like the news media because I, there's such a small batch that I didn't want right. to like, you know, talk about them. And uh, those will be, you start seeing these push out somewhere in the next month or so. So if you're but a Tatuahe fan, in Miami in 2021 and 2022. Right. So if you're a Tatuahe fan, your, your best bet is to figure out who the strong supporters of the brand are and support those brick and mortars and stay in tune with what they have coming out. And you might get, get a pleasant surprise that something you've never even heard about becomes available to you. Ultimately, because I'm not selling it myself, so I, I rely on the uh, the community of retailers that we work with, and the, especially the uh, the retailers that have been with us for so long and that have been paying attention and actually supporting the company for for so many years. So sure, sure, no, that, that that's great. You know, and every time we we've met and talked, you know, the. the I won't go too much into it. It might not be that in, in, interesting to the audience, but you know, every time I've gotten a chance to like interview you pete you know like it becomes so apparent how much you appreciate the support that you get from retailers that you get from this industry and that you really try and do something special to support them back uh giving them those exclusivities and giving those them those opportunities to engage their customers with your brand at, at, at a different level than just going online and, and and picking up cigars like we do you know day to day otherwise uh well so that's i mean fantastic. randy like i I grew up behind a counter, so I understand the right. retail background and right. I understand the struggles of doing retail. I never owned a shop, but, uh, I, I, you know, did a lot of work with, with multiple retail stores and, 
and had to deal with all the issues of owning it or, you know, dealing with the day-to-day of a retail shop. Right. So I kind of understand the need for, for special things, and and I want to make sure that those retailers are taken care of because they're the ones that have been supporting this company for 20 years that that ultimately have, have uh, you know, paid for all the salaries of every employee that's ever worked for the company. So we appreciate uh, the uh, the loyalty to the brand, and we want to keep on creating things that, to kind of push that community even stronger. So for uh, guys that – I know it's kind of hard to get into the club, but Josh Rivas was asking how much does it cost to be a member of the SNS club? You know, I'll be honest. This year, I can't remember the actual dollar amount. It was, uh, it's like around two hundred bucks. I, I was about I to say that. it's it's t- it's, it's sub two fifty. It's sub two fifty. Uh, you you don't necessarily know what you're, yeah, you're paying you for when you buy it. <laughs> so it ends up being you know somewhere in that that model. You don't know when you're oh. going to get them, but right. You know, someone someone made a comment that was like, "We know where to we we know that we can count on you to deliver it." I'm like, "Yeah, I think exactly. everybody knows where." at so yeah so the the product will always get delivered no i i think that's one of the things that makes you so relatable and 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 approachable in this industry is that like you said you you came from this side of uh, of things you understand what it is to be like us that just want to get their hands on some cool exclusive stuff and and be engaged and be in, in the community and and that you cater to those of us that just want to smoke amazing cigars and get their hands on something fun and cool and exciting every once in a while, uh, I, I think re- really does like differentiate you. It may, it's it's what makes you such an artisanal brand, you know. And and it's crazy to say twenty years in <laughs> and a pint that, of blood. <laughs> <laughs> and your firstborn child. Well, the, the, there Dude, are I'm the, ready, the, I'm the, the I'm the original cigar geek though. Yeah, like yeah. I'm the I'm the original cigar fanboy. Like, right. I not that I've been around forever, but it, like 30 years I've been in the industry following around my superheroes, like Carlito Fuente and Lito Gomez and all these guys. I mean, I, shit, I watched Lito Gomez get in the industry. Wow. But like when you have relationship with people like that, like you, you realize that there is a community behind it. I mean, I remember a trip where Lito actually showed up in Los Angeles to see if I was OK about something just showed up in Los Jeez. Angeles and just wanted to make sure that I was good with the brand and happy with the product. And, and I did that takes, that takes a man to, I mean, that for lack of better words to, to really just step up and, and, and make sure that you're, you're servicing your community, that the people that actually brought you to a different level. So that's really, that's what it's really all about for me. Wow. No, uh, no honestly, I, I love the flavor uh, component of what we do, but but you're right. It, it's a community that makes this something different. It makes this a different industry, and you you are an a, a amazing porter of of these uh, kind of tenets and, and and what we what we push forth. Uh, so the last thing I just wanted to like touch on real quick was um, you know, one of the things that that was like a big project at PCA. That I, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll just like, tell you straight up, like I, I felt like there were, it was under publicized. Was this tie in with the My Father and Tatuaje 20th? Uh, you did a cigar for My Father. 
they did a cigar for you. The the humidor was elegant, was exquisite. I, I, the packaging was beautiful. I can't imagine. I haven't got a chance to smoke one myself, but I can't imagine that you guys didn't put all your heart and love and and and, and care into the products and the blends uh, that came out. Uh, and 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 you you know it's something I think you take for granted. I'm gonna just call you out on this. Yeah. Something you take for <laughs> granted is, is honestly because it, like I followed you, Pete. The first time I ever saw you in real life, Pete, was uh, in real life. Uh, it IRL. was, uh, yeah, yeah. Outside you, of my coffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you attended a uh, a showing of the original hand rolled movie in Sacramento, California. Uh, I attended that. It was one of the first times I had ever met. Uh, Aaron Loomis and some of the guys from Developing Palettes and Robbie Raz and I, we, we had just met. We all attended that showing of Hand Rolled in Sacramento. And, and like literally, I saw you from afar. I was so intimidated to go and introduce myself to you. You were that <laughs> big of a freaking star to me, man. And, and, and uh, you, you know, obviously, Hand Rolled, you know, I'd love to touch on that a little bit, but. Um, but but I think you take for granted sometimes that you you, you mention your family, you mention your wife, and I'm not sure that, that, that like you you talk about it when we're on these shows as if everyone just like understands that that relationship. You know, when you were a, a, a young uh, entrepreneur getting into this industry, you went to my father uh, to be a, a factory partner. Uh, you know, to no. you wanted to be a <laughs> brand owner. No, you got the story all wrong. Oh. I was, I was please please elaborate because because I don't know that everyone understands what I what think, the true fam, familia is with you and my father. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, I, I was already in the business. They were obviously making cigars in Cuba, and one day, by pure fate, I met this guy named Pepin Garcia, who I knew as Jose Garcia, and they they you know they called him Pepin. And he, he ultimately rolled me a cigar that I was like, okay, that's the guy that's going to make me a cigar. And I was their first client. I was the one that opened up the factory with them. I mean, I didn't open up the factory. It was their factory. But I was the first cigar that they ever made for production. Even Is before right? their own cigar. Tatawai was the first cigar that they ever made for production. And I've, you know, I've always had friends around me who are like, don't, don't put your eggs in one basket. I'm like, dude, I love this basket. Like this basket <laughs> is so for me. And ultimately I got the golden egg in that basket because I married Pepin's daughter and she's been the love of my life for the last, you know, shit, <laughs> 14 years. But, uh, we, we, we just celebrated our fourth, uh, anniversary of being married, uh, yesterday. It's our dog's Congratulations. birthday. Congratulations. Congrats. Anniversary. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so glad I but, asked uh, that question. Yeah, we would have never learned we're, we're that. Family, man. Like, like. No. I uh, I love what they do, and I I can. I'm their biggest critic. You know, yeah. like the, I'm the one that, that tells them that when shit's wrong or when shit's awesome. And uh, when they when they got a guy like uh, Robbie Levin and the Ashton Group coming in mm -hmm. back in uh, 2006, there was one thing that Pepin said to them in their meeting with them. He's like, listen. I'm going to make you a cigar. They, they first came to me. The family came to me and said, are you okay with this? I said, absolutely. But you have to be really careful because this is like a, this is going to take you to another level. Hmm. Like this, this family has been around in the industry for a long time. They're great people. 
They make great cigars with one of the most historic families in the industry, the Fuente family. Of course. And ultimately, what they're going to do is validate everything that I've done. Wow. Working with you already, which to me, it was like, this is a bonus to me. Oh. But Papin actually told Robbie and Manny when he was around, uh, God rest his soul, um, he said, if there's a day that I can only make one cigar, it will be for people for pete johnson like that's what he said it's straight up like if i can only make one cigar it will be for pete so it is family to me and and these people are really special and and they they i'm like like the redheaded stepchild of the family because i'm the the critic (laughs) i'm the one that calls them out on their bullshit and like if there's something wrong with a blend even their own blends if i smell something wrong in the cigar i'll tell them like there's there's some tobacco in that cigar that's that's making the cigar turn bad, and hmm. we go they go back to the factory and they they look. Just the other day, someone was complaining about the draw on a certain cigar, and I I immediately sent a message to the factory to uh, Jaime's son uh, Handy, and I said, hey, do me a favor and check production and check all the the current inventory so we can make sure that this doesn't move forward. Right. Like try to nip it in the bud early type of thing. You're like their uh, American translator. You got your, you got the pulse on the American industry. What, what, like guys are into. You're kind of like, uh, the in between, sh- telling them like what, what's cool, what's what guys are looking for. I'm, that I'm, kind of thing. I, Jordan, I'm just a picky motherfucker, and <laughs> and honestly, I want every cigar to be perfect, and it it hurts, it hurts, and I've seen Papine's reaction when he's heard someone having a bad experience with one of his cigars. All right. Ultimately, it's our job to do better every day and to make sure that, that the end consumer that's spending their money on what we do has a great experience every time. Is it a perfect product? Never. It will never be. But we try to make sure that we, we, we get that across to, to the consumers and that the consumers ultimately have a great, pleasurable experience with what they're, what they're enjoying. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that, uh, Pete. Because, like I said, I want I, I did want to shine some light on this because, you know, in, in the world we live in today, you know, there's a handful of factories, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of brand owners, and uh, you know what you have, you know, reading the 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 periodicals, you might learn that Pete Johnson in Tetuaje uses uh, my father cigars as a as a, as their production partner. Um, that it's so much different for you guys. You guys really have a very unique uh, 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 symbiotic relationship that, that you're actually part of the My Father brand, that, that you, are, you are a consigliere of sorts for, for their brand as well as they are the uh, production partner for Tatuaje and, 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 and obviously with, with the personal connection of, of you marrying into the family is uh, it creates a completely different scenario than we've ever seen with any other uh, other brand owner that's just using the contract uh, uh, partner. And so I, honestly, yeah, you, you I, don't, I, I you want don't to highlight that relationship in a lot of factories like the no, fact no. That, <laughs> that. I mean, the fact that I was in John Huber's meeting for the first time when he came into the factory. Right. And wanted to make a cigar for Crown Heads with the My Father group. I was, I've been in pretty much every meeting with the Ashton family because 
I'm not there to be their competitor. I'm just there to give an opinion about things. And ultimately, it benefits all of us to make great cigars. And every time John comes out with a great new Las Calaveras, it benefits the factory, but it also benefits for my brand because right. it shows people that the factory is a reliable factory. All so, right. yeah. Well, it's, it's, all it's, right. it's, it's an odd relationship, but it's, it's, it's really... I did again. I'm a, I'm the the first cigar nerd, and I just I just love being in the room for conversations, and smoking uh, good cigars. It's awesome because it's clear to to in my mind at least that that your involvement, it, it, you know, emboldens and and strengthens the my father brand, which in turn strengthens the foundation that Tatuaje is built on in general. And so uh, it really is a unique uh, kind of situation that, that that I'm not sure that is clear to everybody else on the outside. I, I have this like cool opportunity because of my relationship with Jordan and Eric and Cigar Dojo that I I'm see I see it from the inside out and like I I, I did want to highlight that. So that's that's really awesome. Thank you for sharing all, all of that. The, the last thing I'll say, I'll ask though is because those humidors were so exclusive and so prestigious. Um, what, what are the, what is the, uh, access that cigar fans like me have to the, my father, Tatuaje 20th anniversary, um, uh, collaboration efforts in, in general, where can we find those and, uh, maybe give a little plug out, out to the audience so, so they can know where some of your most exclusive and, and family oriented and important projects uh, can be found. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's called La, La Union, which is the union. Uh, it's actually a brand that the Garcias have owned for a while, and uh, when when the idea came up about doing a collaboration, I actually told them, I said, well, if you're willing to use that name, that's a perfect name for it. Yeah. And it's a very particular size. It's a it's a Cuban size, what they call a Conde 109, which is seven and a quarter by 49 uh, with a kind of a weird taper head, which is not quite a bellicoso and not quite a rounded head. It's a very strange head. Yeah, if anybody knows like the Partagas 150 from Cuba, this was like the main size in that Partagas 150 humidor. Um, it's, they're beautiful cigars and ultimately um, Handy, Jaime's son is kind of in charge of the project in Nicaragua full time. He had uh, one pair doing the Tatuaje one and one pair doing the, tatu uh, the My Father project. Um, the, there's two releases. There's a red humidor and a black humidor. The black humidor is going to be delayed. Uh, the red humidor, or is it the black humidor is coming out first? or the I can't remember. Anyways, one of them is coming out first, but the, the first one is going to be a Corojo from me and a Habano from the Garcias. The second release is Sumatra from me and broadly from Ooh. my father. Ooh. Ooh, sign me up for that second one because I love what you do with Sumatra and I love it all broadly from my father in general. So that's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to send you a private text to maybe get a sample of that. I will, <laughs> say, I will say that uh, the cigars, uh, probably the first batch won't be released until mid next year. Okay. Um, there's one thing I don't get involved with with the Garcias. I don't get involved with their day-to-day -day business. Mm. And ultimately, this is a My Father distributed product. Uh, I just had my hand in putting my, my touch on the cigars. 
and they're going to handle all the distribution. I just don't get involved with that. I don't, I don't tell my wife what to do. She's a very strong woman that <laughs> beat the shit out of me. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, uh, I think, uh, I think people are going to be really surprised, but it's definitely, I, I will say that the cigar and the size, we call it a prominente especial, uh, because of the shape of the head, but, uh, the size is definitely a connoisseur's thing because it's not an everyday smoking cigar. Like you don't buy these just like, I'm going to smoke this. This is, this is definitely a celebration cigar. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the price point is going to be pretty high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, th- I think that people are going to be, uh, putting these down for, for when they, you know, have big moments in their life and celebrations that they want to celebrate, you know, something beautiful and they're going to light up one of those cigars and, and actually spend the time to sip through a beautiful, elegant shape that, that kind of has lost its vibe over the years, you know, hmm. prominentes or double coronas in, in general have not really survived the, uh, the, uh, the aftermath of like, let's say all these, you know, big ring gauges or, or odd, sure. you know, odd cigars that are out there it's become one of those sizes that has kind of lost its love. You know, people lost their love for it. So we're trying to just hope that people understand going into it. It's it's all about the celebration. Awesome. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing uh, everything that's going on. Phenomenal. Uh, We're we're going to move in because I'm already getting texts from, from master sensei that I'm running his hour long show quickly into a three hour show. So, So let's, Let's transition into a segment that we created just for you, Pete. As you know, yeah, each and every year around October time, you come up in in pre-production conversations. Uh, We love having you on this time of year. Obviously, the thematic uh, situation with with your line extensions, with the monsters and everything else makes you you and your brand so relevant around this time of year. Uh, we love this time of year. Obviously, you've leaned into it very, very much in marketing. And so uh, tonight we, we have a new segment that we will be releasing on Smoke Night Live uh, starring Pete Johnson. Uh, and, and Pete, so, so I'm going to give you the, the quick rundown. These are going to be quick hitters. I mean, I, I, I'm going to give you a, uh, a cultural event going on today. And we're just looking for your stamp of approval, if you will. Uh, and, and, uh, so we're going to go through this and, uh, so let's we're going to go let's, ahead let's and Jordan, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's launch the segment. Let's go. Jordan is the best producer in the game. Let me just tell you. So, so Pete, we're going to run through a, a so series got, of, uh, of, of different cultural show, things Jordan, going I have on. To, I, have to, I have to jump in real quick and say this. Do you mind if I steal that? Because that's fucking awesome. Oh, go, yeah, you go for it. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, feel I, like I have to make a dojo exclusive. Go. <laughs> finally, finally secured the bag. <laughs> All it took was some AI magic. <laughs> so Jordan, we, you, you want to frame it up? Go ahead. Basically, we've got it's almost like a thumbs up, thumbs down thing. This would be like your seal of approval. 
<laughs> and this will no, be dude. like your I've, thumbs I've, down. <laughs> I know I have. I, I know I have a heavy, heavy brow, but that, that you know. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Van, Van, Van So, Pete, we're we're just simply looking for. Uh, you know, some cultural events that are going on uh, currently, some trending uh, topics. We want to know how you feel about it. You know, are you rating this uh, a good good for baseball or bad for baseball kind of concept here? And, and, and so we're going to start off with with a pretty polarizing topic and, and ask you how you feel about pumpkin spice. Well, do I just a thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah, yeah, sure. You can give a little commentary. You're a thumbs up guy on pumpkin spice. You going pumpkin well, pumpkin spice latte? Are we talking ice cream? Like, there's a. Dude, I love I love the flavor of pumpkin spice. I, I because I grew up in Maine and pumpkins were a thing, and the the flavor of pumpkin was always a thing. I did call one of my one of my Halloween pumpkins that I do in my event packs with with Sumatra. I called them the pumpkin spice. Oh, nice. Get out! Get out! We missed that and one. That's like amazing. It was the nickname on the on the pack. It said pumpkin spice, but I, I love the flavor. Like, I'm not gonna go to. Well, maybe I have. I'll be guilty of to say that I have gone to Starbucks <laughs> and gotten a spunk, pumpkin spice like frappuccino you or something. Got it, do it. Nice. Yeah, that's the way nice. to go. It's the frappuccino version, I say. But I, I gave up. You're gonna hate this. I gave up coffee. What? Ooh. Yeah, I had to. Come on. Uh, 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 are, are you on 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 the uh, on the yerba mate trap now? Or no, you, uh, no. I'm actually on uh, cacao okay. uh, drinks that uh, give me the energy. And uh, trust me, I love coffee, dude. Uh, <laughs> I love coffee, and I I kind of miss it. But uh, it was it was giving me like bad acid reflux. So okay, okay. Uh, let let me let me recommend. Up. Yeah, he's going thumbs up on Does pumpkin you, spice. Doesn't All right. have to be in a coffee. No, 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 exactly. There's so so many variations at this point. It's it's funny how polarizing it is culturally. Like that pumpkin spice <laughs> is something that so many brands lean into. It's just like uh, the most I, white girl thing you can do. <laughs> I, I think it's well, fun. I don't. Of- I, yeah, I don't imbibe a ton myself, but I, but I I support the the overall uh, the, thematic what were you gonna say, uh, uh, event. Mm. Oh, all right. Uh, so next, uh, yesterday, no, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to swallow my pumpkin spice, uh, uh pumpkin spice bourbon. bourbon? <laughs> Very nice. New all right, so it came out, it. Yeah, it came out yesterday. Ed Sheeran, uh, the, the musician has actually, uh, built his own plot in his backyard, creating, uh, a, a cemetery in his own backyard. Is that a, is that a tr- <laughs> trick or Pete? Trick or Pete? That that's got to be a trick, dude. That's not that's not real. No. <laughs> well, well, it's a fact. But but the question is like, would you would you go down that route and and build your own cemetery for you and your family in your backyard? No, I might build a pet cemetery. Okay. <laughs> So, so that gets a trick. That gets a trick. All right, here, here's one that, that, that that's uh, ultra polarizing in our industry. Uh, I had a great uh, conversation. I, 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 I have a pretty strong 
uh, feeling about this. Uh, Jordan hates that I feel so strongly about this. Lanceros. Is that a trick or a Pete? That's a Pete. It's Ooh. a Pete. You're in on the Lanceros. Dude, I, 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 think, I think we make the most Lanceros in the whole country or the whole cigar industry. But if any right, of your I, blends, are you personally, are you reaching for the Lancero version or are you like, you going like Corona I, Gorda Toro? No, no, no. I, I'm a whatever tickles my fancy at the moment. I mean, I grabbed this, this face, which I, I didn't think I would get through it this quick. Um, but um, this quick normally. Yeah, but, I'm a long talker. <laughs> we're going long. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> But literally, like I, I love Lanceros. I, I love I really? love small cages. If I were if I were not going to do Lanceros, I would be in the forty three, forty four ring gauge like level because I love that size. But we make probably the most Lanceros in the industry. Boom. Okay. All right. Uh, we're, we're just going to keep cranking them out. I don't know how active you are on social media personally, but, but there, there, there's a trend. My personal social media feed is just littered with every company that I follow has leaned into this Kevin James meme that is a ni- <laughs> 1998 photo. Have, are, are you familiar with this new viral post? No. You're not. Okay. I'm well, not active li- enough, obviously. Yes. How does, yes, how does it, the meme go? So, so this is a photo taken from 1998, and on uh, September 21st, uh, a no-name person posted uh, that uh, posted this photo with the tagline "Me after a double rum and a diet coke." <laughs> the the original post. Uh, gained 2 million views and 24,000 likes in 72 hours. Since then, this post has been reused by companies and has garnered 317 million views as people use this meme. For you, Pete... It's always kind of like, a tr- I'm a schlub, but I'm like I'm feeling good about it. Right, right. For you, is this a trick or a Pete? <laughs> nice. Nice. I, I, so, dude, so that's I like a Kevin Pete. James, so I'll, I'll give it a Pete. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Um, okay. Th- th- this is one that like really hits home with, with with how we started the conversation with NFTs. Obviously, your project with Smokin and the Anarchy NFT was wildly successful. Uh, this is the second large uh, format version that we've seen in our industry after Golden Bull. I've got the big is, four there. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much, Jordan. What a great producer. Wow, what's the fourth uh, one? So, fourth one's Castagli, and they're kind of doing it more like the Discord route, where, like, there's uh, 10,000 NFTs, but, like, you, there's different levels of the NFT, and uh, that will grant you, it could be anything. Like, the, every time they do a release, you'll you'll be the first one to be able to purchase it. There'll be, like, events that you can go to uh, more more like Everyman's NFT style. So, so the question that we Sounds have for familiar. you, Pete, <laughs> Saints and Sinners, maybe. Uh, so, no, so, no, no. so uh, more like a more like an Abe thing. Ah, so so the question we have for you, for you, Pete, is that now that you've gone through this experience and we've seen the popularity uh, of these, is this a flash in the pan uh, trend that will 
uh, certainly drop off? Or is this an opportunity for our industry to continue to uh, drive interest and engagement in brands? Do you think that the NFT concept has legs and will continue to drive interest and engagement in our industry? Uh, well, I, I'll say this. When, when Abe was uh, going through this originally, he said if, if no one bids on this, then no one ever should do an NFT ever again. The end result proved us all wrong. Um, there's there's an <laughs> opening for more, but I, I think it might be like a, a time period. Okay. I, I don't think it's going to go on forever. And it really so has that, to be a product. Ooh, is, so is, is that, that a trick or a peak? Trick? Oh, it's a trick. Wow. Wow. Gabe didn't cut well, you in enough on, on the percentage. Part, the <laughs> like, I, I'll be honest. Like, I, I, won't, I, I won't do another one. Yeah. Even though people have pitched me to do other ones, I probably won't. I, well, I will we'll confidently say that I will not do another one. And because I know I have my hands full with the Anarchy one for the rest of my life. So. Yeah, how many lifelong projects can we sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. The wife's going to start asking questions eventually. Uh, <laughs> all right, so ne next question might strike you, uh, you know, given that, that you've acknowledged that you're not super involved in social media these days. How often do you think of the Roman Empire? Dude, what is that all about? <laughs> You know, the only reason why I know about that question is because they keep on asking the F1 guys how often they think about the Roman Empire. Well, first, you just got to tell us how often do you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't question. think about it a lot, but I was, just at the, I was just at the central of the Roman Empire recently. So. <laughs> it's a little more than usual. <laughs> so I will say that I was super interested in July. <laughs> <laughs> So it's this weird thing. I think it start as like a TikTok thing where like wives and girlfriends would go up up to their husbands and boyfriends and be like, "They, how often do you think of the Roman Empire?" And they thought they would, you know, like they don't ever think about it. And the guy, every single time, the guy's like, "Every day or every like a like couple times a week," and they just can't believe that guys just always think about the Roman Empire. I don't think I've ever thought about the Roman Empire, but that's it's a thing now. I when this came up, Pete, I just got to tell you. I had to ask Jordan, well, is the movie 300 based on the Roman Empire? <laughs> it turns out it is not. So, <laughs> Would have been a good chance to get some This is Sparta clips in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. So I really wanted middle, to go This is Sparta on, on that one. In the middle of the pandemic, like pretty much like right when Italy reopened up, we we took a trip to Italy with a, with a friend of ours, a couple of... A husband and wife friend of ours, actually the employee of uh, my wife, and uh, he was like so into the Roman Empire. He's like, I just watched like seven documentaries about the Roman Empire. We have to go to the Colosseum. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I, I never really thought about it that way, but, but it was like I, I really learned a lot about the Roman Empire in this last trip um, more than the first time I went to the Colosseum. I like how we like a thumbs we, up. Yeah, we we had a, a good time with it. So, so it's a Pete. It's a Pete. Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> Jordan, we do talk about Gladiator a lot, so maybe, maybe oh, yeah, we yeah, think yeah. about it more than we uh, Maybe it's like <laughs> once, twice a year. Yeah, <laughs> but if you, if you talk to a true historian in Rome, they'll tell you that don't believe anything you see in movies because, you know, I know Russell Crowe's not a big guy, but there were some big guys. A friend of mine was actually one of the uh, gladiators in the movie, and uh, he, he would not have fit the profile of a gladiator back during the Roman Empire. Uh, they were all really small. Is that right? Scrapping Crowe's. Yeah, nice. Yeah, more more like a lot of Russell Crowe's. I don't know how, right. how tall Russell Crowe is. Though. Doesn't look big. Yeah, he's not six feet. There's no way he's six <laughs> feet. All right, all right, all right. Keep, keep it with pop, popular uh, trends r- r- right now. We got to do it. We gotta I don't know what, what, what your football team is. I don't know how into sports <laughs> you are. But, but we got to ask, what do you think of uh, the sports world leaning so hard into capitalizing on T Swift now dating Travis Kelsey. Is that well, a trick it looks or a like piece? some uh, white girl with no ass dating a police officer. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the picture. So, so. he is on social media. <laughs> so is. so you're very familiar. Is that a trick or a beat? Yeah, we we actually played a joke with the my wife and I so we have one kid in high school, two are in college and they're they're off to college. And the, the freshman in high school came down for breakfast the other day. And uh, my wife started going into him like, wow, this this Taylor Swift thing with this football player from the Oklahoma uh, <laughs> uh, team is like she's blowing him up. And we I filmed the whole thing. And he's like, he's already famous, mom. He's already famous. <laughs> and literally, he woke he's a Hall of Famer. Up. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, he woke he woke his brother up. It, it like at 7:30 in the morning. He's like, call Joseph. Like, we're like, dude, don't call your brother. And he's like, no, Joseph, you have to hear this shit that they're talking about right now. <laughs> it, was, it was purely a joke because my wife saw all this shit on on TikTok and, and Instagram about the wives like spoofing their husbands, like just really like, oh, have you heard that she's blowing his career up? And I, <laughs> I think his it's hysterical. Sales. They did. They yeah. did his X, jersey right? sales went up four hundred percent in the yeah, first weekend after she showed up. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no doubt, and that, that's one of the wild things that this becomes such a big story because the NFL, ESPN, everyone's leaning into it. They're using Taylor Swift. They're really trying to create a welcoming not, environment right? for the Swifties oh, yeah. to come in and follow the, the, their sport, which, from a media standpoint and a marketing standpoint, makes all the sense in the world. But, but you know, going back to that like but core sense of like, <laughs> is this good or bad for baseball? Oh, that's a trick. Yeah, all right. That's a trick. Uh, I, I'm 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 not Did at all know? shocked. I, I I think it's a conspiracy. Yeah. I, I I truly believe that they're they're doing this to sell tickets, and oh, to yeah. sell it's gotta to be. sell Usher as the uh, the uh, Super Bowl uh, music act. <laughs> how is she not gonna be the Super Bowl act? Come on. How is yeah, she not yeah. the Super Bowl act? <laughs> Did you know that I, I didn't know this until today? Kelsey and Gronk are the same age. Doesn't that seem like Gronk is like twenty way younger years older? No, Gronk. Gronk's the smart one that retired early. Yeah, hey, I was, was going to say, he retired at like 29 years old. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, he's going to live his best mustache. life. But he had already, yeah, he's yeah, already yeah. won like four Super Bowls. Right. Yeah, but he's already winning at age 19. Crazy. Keep that in mind. All right, go, going back to a little more on theme for us. 
Uh, this is kind of a, a tie into uh, a recent show that we had on, on Flavor Odyssey talking about broadleaf grown in unknown origins, as we called it on, on Flavor Odyssey. So we're seeing more and more uh, conversation and releases around Honduran and Nicaraguan grown broadleaf. Is this something that for you... What is your interest level? What do you believe that this opens up? Is this a, a, a nuanced marketing theme only? Or, or is there more flavors out there that we have yet to experience from growing broadleaf in, uh, in Central American companies? Is this a trick or peep for you, Pete? No, I'm going to go trick because there's no broadleaf but yeah. Connecticut broadleaf. Sorry, so I, Connecticut I broadleaf I, is my only broadleaf. So you would never you, you would never take a look at these No. No, I mean I mean I I wouldn't use it as a wrapper. Uh, I'll stick mm, with Connecticut. Wow. But um I I'm really excited that you know the Garcia's just opened up a big facility in in Honduras, 400 acres of farm. Oh really? A uh, big processing facility and we're really excited about using Honduran tobacco. <laughs> um which wow. is interesting because they're all the Cuban seeds that we use normally, just grown in Honduras. Um, but it, it, it gives us a, a new um, a table of spices to use. Wow. But uh, when it comes to wrapper, I'm going to stick with the OG, which is uh, Connecticut. What, what kind of flavor differences could you mention between the two or three? With with what uh, Connecticut uh, compared to uh, either the others. Nicaragua and Honduras? Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know because I haven't tried them, but uh, okay. only because I'm I'm so, such a traditionalist, I kind of refuse to. Mm. Um, I would probably, I, I don't know. There's probably a lot of similarities, but I'm gonna stick with the OG because I really like telling people the country of origin and Connecticut, USA is a big part of what we do. Okay. I, it, it's interesting. I, I can't lie. I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, I mean, obviously Broadleaf is such a, you're so well known for it. The, the uh, uh, portfolio of, of cigars that you've released over the years is so, uh, you lean pretty Broadleaf uh, heavy. heavy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. But so, you're, not, um, you're not shy to use Ecuadorian Connecticut. Mm, mm. But here's the cool thing about Ecuador, Connecticut. Ecuador, Connecticut actually cut the edges off of Connecticut, Connecticut. Right. Uh, Connecticut shade always had like this very like herbaceous uh, vegetal note to it. And Connecticut, Ecuador kind of rounded it out and made it more approachable. There is a reason why when people use... Uh, Connecticut nowadays, they usually run to Ecuador, and they always get it from the same place. Hmm. And you know, the the Perez family, ASP Tobacco, who grows the hmm. most amazing Connecticut Ecuador, um, it's a magical fruit. So I, I'll stick with Connecticut Ecuador. All right, very All right. good. All right, and for our last trigger, Pete, question for you, Pete: uh, Monster movie remakes. Are these something that excite you about the the genre, or is this just a retread and a failed effort to remake because they lack innovation? Uh, monster movie remakes. Is this a trick or a peep? 
No, I'll go for a Pete because there are, I mean, when they're doing a, a like a the original remade with no new storyline, it's kind of a trick. But like, if you look at Russell Crowe's uh, The Pope's Exorcist, I I love that movie. I thought that was great. Um, I thought Russell Crowe it looked like Jeff Borshowitz was playing the main <laughs> character. Wait, is that this um, one that we have here in the background? That's the new Exorcist. Uh, no, I don't. Well, We're talking maybe. about because they they just can't, they're just coming out with a new Exorcist like right now. You're oh, talking about no, this one. was uh this was like uh, earlier this year that it came out. I think oh. it's called the Pope's Exorcist. Oh, I haven't even seen it. I thought Russell Crowe was amazing in it. Um, but uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a good movie. Well, I think his character is great in it. But uh, yeah, if they're just redoing the original storyline. But I mean, okay. then again, how much can you really change the mummy? You know? <laughs> <laughs> there's, Whole there's new no origin story. Storyline. But look how dumb this new Chucky looks back here. Like, what are, what are the they doing? Chucky's rough. The Chucky's <laughs> yeah, rough. That, Come the on. Last Chuck, the, the last Chucky movie was kind of, uh, I don't know, whatever. They tried to bring technology into it. And... What do you think? I don't Brendan, know. Was... Brendan Fraser. Well, yeah, I mean, Brian Fraser Mummy, you know, that was one of the original. It, when they made it again, that that was actually good because most people didn't know that it existed before. Mm. So it was actually a good spin on it. So I, I I I go thumbs up with the remakes that introduce like the younger generation to what they didn't want to look at because it, it doesn't have the technology <laughs> that they're used to. Do you think uh new it is scarier that just like the actual character or the original? Uh, yeah, this new it is pretty freaky. The original, right? though, if you right. were into like, if you were into like, you know, serial killers, you would get, you would understand the original it. Mm. But this new it, he, yeah, he was pretty. Stephen King, though, like, yeah, <laughs> I love Stephen King. He's from Maine. He, I'm from Maine. You gotta love, you gotta love the home base thing. But at the same time. None of his books ever made a great movie, except for like Pet Cemetery. You know? Yeah, I feel like when they uh, go away from his books more, they're they're better. Like Shining, Kubrick style. That it, he didn't like that, but I thought that was like a better version than the, than the book. <laughs> Dude, you know it's, it's kind of bumming me out because next week, um, uh, my good friend Kyle and uh, still like works for Saints and Sinners. Um, is getting married at the Shining Hotel in Estes oh. Park, or yeah, it, on on Friday the thirteenth. Oh, that's uh, that's wow. right around here. Yeah, wow. and I'm, I'm bummed that I can't be there because uh, I, I, dude, it's like a dream trip for me, like to go and walk down that hallway. Like still to this day, those two girls freak me the fuck out. Like you, you. See, like I saw a picture recently of those two girls like hanging out offset, like just kind of hanging out. <laughs> like oh, they're just offset. It was an old picture, obviously. And they, I don't even want to be in a room with them. That's how <laughs> freaky those two girls were. Now Randy's too scared to watch any of these movies. So no, I've never seen any of these movies. Yeah, yeah. In, in Jordan's defense, but but I made the the comment uh, pre pre uh, show here that. 
it just visually, since I've actually never watched any of the movies, I don't watch horror movies, not my thing, uh, is that the new clown was by far the scarier looking clown, the more devilish and, and sinister looking clown than the original Tim Curry, who I'm a huge fan of. You know, Legend was, was one huge of my favorite Tim movies Curry as a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amazing. But that being said, the new It clown had just more sinister vibes to him to me. Now, and then, we got to close this segment out with the video again because it's too cool. I'm just going to do it. And that Fantastic. was Trick or Pete, guys. I love Fantastic. that. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing along, Pete. That was, that was a blast. I, I know we didn't prep you for, the, for that at all, but uh, very exciting. Uh, again, total honor to, to have you here on Smoke Night Live. Uh, honor for me to, to get to host the show in, in Master Sensei's honor. And, uh, and to have you as a guest is, is, uh, will, will go down as a special moment in my life. So thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Um, we were really congrats on your first uh, solo show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you we so much, and, and and thank you to, to Jordan for all the epic work it's, on the production. It's, it's, that, a that, Pete. <laughs> it's not a trick, people. He's gonna do it again. <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you guys so much. Uh, join us. Uh, you you can tune in on Monday. We'll we'll be uh, updating you guys on the uh, schedule for next week's. Uh, programming as uh, Master Sensei is traveling around, so we will not have a Smoke Night Live next Friday. Um, and I, Jordan, Flavor Odyssey, we will not be having this week either. Is that true? I'm muted. Uh, no, no Flavor Odyssey next week. No Smoke Night Live. We'll pick back up the next week. That's right. Really? So, uh, you guys actually take vacation? What am I gonna do? <laughs> Matt will be sitting there in the studio for the next week and a half waiting for, for us to go Matt, back. Matt, if on you want to have a conversation next week, let me know. Maybe you guys yeah, can I'll just give you a call. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for joining Smoke Night Live again. Jump on dojoverse.com. We're going to be having the live Friday Herf as we do every week. And remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone.